Welcome back for another episode of Talk to Tatiana. And today I want to talk to you about sunk costs in life. First, before I dive into what sunk costs are, I want to share that sunk costs generally is an accounting concept, right? What does it have to do with life? Unclear right now, right? But sunk costs are costs that have been already spent, cannot be returned and should not be used to make decisions for the future or for the present. I'll give you an example in business. A company wanted to build their own proprietary software for um, let's say their own internal system to make it to make everything in software like make everything in one place, right? So they decided, okay, we're going to spend $50,000, build a software, you know, a year later, um, and maybe $100,000 later, this specific software doesn't work for them anymore. It has to be completely redesigned, completely reimagined, completely rethought, and um, it doesn't work. So this company is trying to decide, do we, and then this new developer comes along and, and they say, we can build this, the same system, but build it differently. So it's going to be more effective, more efficient, and more, and better. Um, we'll build it for $15,000. Um, and then the old developer says, you know, another, another thing. 20,000 or 30,000 or whatever, or maybe even the same 15 and we will fix it up and it will be working for you. And now you're deciding what to do next, what to, what's the best way, I guess. And so this is what sunk costs mean. The amount of money you've already invested in that, in building that platform, that system is already lost, meaning you can't recover it. It's already spent. The system is built, but it's not what you want anymore uh, or need anymore. And now you're deciding, do you salvage the old one because you've already invested so much or do you um, build a new one for 30, let's say it's not 15, let's say it's 30,000 for a new one and it's going to be much easier and quicker and faster and whatever. And and maybe another 15,000 from the old developer. So if that's the case, um, you need to kind of make a decision. And so the hundred thousand you've already invested should be completely ignored. It should be completely ignored because you can't recover it. There's, it should not weigh in, in terms of the decision that you need to make. You need to make the decision based on what, which direction will bring you the most amount of satisfaction, meaning that, uh, it will be the best for the firm. It will be the best for the staff. Um, and it will be a better system, a better thing, right? And it's possible that investing an additional 15,000 into the old system versus building a new system from scratch for 30, um, it, it is possible that the old system upgraded will work, but the hundred thousand already invested in it should be completely ignored for this decision and only going forward, uh, what's going to bring the most efficiency and effectiveness and, um, 
and et cetera, into your business and make, give you what you want, really, um, only that matters. Nothing else matters after that. So how does that work in life? In life, it works this way. In life, we really talk about making decisions. And I'll give you an example of how this works in life too. Let's say you bought a ticket, tickets for the concert that you wanted to go for a while ago and you bought it six months ago and next weekend, um, and you spent, let's say $400 on those tickets. And now an opportunity to go, um, let's say, see someone speak, someone that you've admired for years and decades, someone you, um, you really wanted to see your whole life. And this opportunity, once in a lifetime opportunity came up and you have take, you have tickets for another concert came up and you already spend money on it. I mean, yes, in the real world, you could try to sell those tickets and whatever, but in the, but what if you don't? I've had situations where I've seen, let's say we went to biohacking conference right this time um, in September this year, and I've seen a lot of people selling their tickets to biohacking conference because let's say plans change. Let's say one woman was, um, uh, one woman was, um, um, was deciding, let's say, which, which, uh, um, I mean, um, she was actually, um, lives in Ukraine and because of the war, she couldn't come. And so, um, she was selling her ticket, but life gets in the way. Sometimes you can have a situation like that where uh, life gets in the way and you can no longer attend to that, to that thing. Um, and you can try to sell it, but I know that there were a couple of tickets that were being sold. Um, but let's say 10 of them and they were expensive tickets. They were $2,500 a ticket. Um, they weren't, they weren't sold. So the person lost money. Let's say it wasn't a situation like this. Let's say it was a situation like you got these tickets, but then you absolutely have to go um, for this once in a lifetime opportunity, or maybe you were asked to speak and you can make money. And so you're kind of deciding um, what to do or maybe get exposure. And so that ticket, the price of that ticket that you're losing, if it's not recoverable, should be completely ignored from a perspective of um, making that decision. And same thing with everything else. Sometimes you just have to let go and move forward. Sometimes you have to let go and move on. And that's what sunk costs. This concept, I think, is really meaningful for, for life, not only for business, but this idea of the fact that the costs have been spent, the money has been spent, shouldn't influence your decision. Your next decision for the future, for the present, should only count the costs, the opportunity cost. meaning you pick whatever is best for you at the moment, regardless of how much money was spent or how much time or whatever was invested in, into doing something else. So I think it's really, really important. Um, and so, um, that's kind of, um, that's kind of it on sunk costs, but, um, as we get closer to Thanksgiving week, which is next week. And as we get close to the end of the year holidays, there's a lot of things that you could do still. Let's say if you're an LLC, yesterday I was presenting um, a little 
webinar for a group of women who want to start a business. Um, and I talked about year end moves to convert your company into a, uh, let's say if you have an LLC to convert it into an S corp, because maybe it's beneficial for you. There, there are year end moves that don't require any of those things, but require things like being proactive because once the year's over, really, um, there's no more tax savings there. And so I want to switch to that topic a little bit and tell you and give you a couple of ideas so that you can get started. Also, one thing to keep in mind, and I talk about this every Thanksgiving or prior to Thanksgiving, you know, a lot of people give bonuses to their staff at New Year's or Christmas. Um, but I think it's important to give bonuses during Thanksgiving, before Thanksgiving. First of all, it's different. Second of all, it makes you seem grateful for the people that work for you. It also gives them an opportunity to have extra or, or even not extra, maybe just budget, not extra budget, but just budget for some gifts that they can buy during Black Friday deals, right? There's a lot of uh, Black Friday deals on, on gifts for the family, for the kids and stuff like that. So if they have this extra budget, this extra gift that you give them. And I am a big fan of cash, um, not gift cards because gift cards never get used up hundred percent and they're only can be used in a specific way. And it's really, it's really hard. And I think it's uh, what's really meaningless, uh, me meaningful is if you either you give a gift, a well, you know, thought through gift that a person really needs or give them cash. That's it. There's no in between. And so I believe in that, but, um, it's really great if you give someone a check or a cash or whatever, and they can spend it and buy gifts for their kids, maybe that, that they would otherwise have no money for. And they would scramble and think about how they're going to buy these gifts for, you know, for Christmas, um, and the holidays. So really great idea there for you. But in terms of saving money on tax, well, there is something called safe harbor. Um, and safe harbor says that you can stop billing your clients like in December, like mid December. Um, and if you stop billing your clients and they stop paying you, you can, um, um, if you stop kind of, uh, paying them, um, they will stop paying you. You don't have to pick up that income, uh, in the current year. Another safe Harbor that exists is prepaying some expenses. If you're a cash basis taxpayer, which a lot of most small businesses are, um, you can pay next month's rent, um, or, uh, January's payment to your consultant. You can pay that in December, thereby accelerating your deductions. That's a very powerful move. Also do a financial cleanse to go through your subscriptions, your softwares and all of those things and figure out, okay, are you going to do anything about them? Like, do you need them? Do you use them? And, uh, if you don't cancel those that you don't, but if you do, you know, keep whatever makes you happy, but at the same time, cancel what you don't. Uh, and also financial cleanse means and not only financial cleanse, but, um, it also means um, cleaning out your house. I'm a big fan of cleanses, uh, like that. I love cl cleaning stuff out, out before the new year because, you know, new year, new me type of thing. And so I really love doing that. And I think that it's important to, um, 
to really talk about that um, and do that uh, at your end because not only the things that no longer serve you can serve somebody else and make somebody else happy or happier, um, but you can also get a deduction for it potentially and stuff like that. Okay. All right. So um, that's it for today. It's a, l- a really short episode. I have some really cool guests pi- uh, kind of in a pipeline. I have a couple of people that will share how they failed in their business. And I think it's really powerful because we should talk, we should be comfortable talking about failures as much as we talk about successes. And so I have a couple of um, uh, people in the pipeline who will talk about their failures in business and what they've learned and the lessons they learned and what, if they could do it over what they, what they would do differently. So tune in again next week for another episode of talk to Tatiana and I'll talk to you soon.